your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, uh, the host of TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. I get to say that now, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And ladies and gentlemen, game one in the books. The Toronto Maple Leafs coming away with a 2-1 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. And to join me to chat about it is my good pal, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Dave, what's going on, pal? Not much, man. Just glad to be seeing folks in the building watching hockey and the Leafs pulling out a victory. That's uh, it's a good way to start. This is a good way to start the season. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely not a bad way to start. I'll say this though, um, I, I did take the the fans a little bit to get into this game right like it seemed really quiet during warm-ups and during the intro specifically like I I got a text uh or I texted rather my uh Julia Tasheri from my new co-host on Leafs Lunch who's in the building tonight and I, I asked her I said let's these intros sound like really quiet like there's not much ovation coming from the crowd is that just the broadcast or is it actually like dull in the arena or people still filtering through she's like nah it's just not live right now and i'm like really like if i was there i feel like i would have been all over this thing like i would have been so amped up for this game but classic toronto you know covid kills everything but it didn't kill uh the dull toronto first period from the fans well and that that's the thing that for me as well it's just like so many fans on twitter when this whole thing was happening like oh not going to take for granted when I get to uh, go and watch a Leafs game or I'm going to take that first opportunity again. I'm like, well, seems like only a portion of the people actually did that. Well, yeah, because apparently there were still even like tickets available. Like you would have thought that that thing would have been absolutely sold out, packed to the brim. But I guess you could still buy tickets like right up until buck drop, which yeah. is surprising. Yeah, that was that was a little bit surprising. Um, maybe that had something to do with Canada playing tonight as well at uh, BMO field. Cause congratulations, by the way, team Canada, outstanding victory four one over Panama now sits third in the CONCACAF table, massive win over Panama, uh, Alfonso Davies. Oh my God. That guy is just unbelievable. Uh, back to hockey talk. <laughs> I was going to say, let's get Alfonso Davies on some skates right now. Oh, man. That, wouldn't that be something? Get Alfonso Davies. I mean, I'm sure he could skate. He's, he's probably played at some point in his life. Well, I mean, like, he's been in Canada now. He came over when he was young, I believe. Uh, I remember hearing that or reading that somewhere. But he's been here for quite some time. You would think that he's strapped on a pair of skates being, you know, an athletic freak that he is living yeah. in Canada. Um, but yeah, it took a little bit for the fans to get into it, but eventually they did. Um, you know, especially in the third period where things started to get a little gritty a little bit. Uh, but you know what? I'm not even going to complain. It was just nice visually the aspect, like to see fans in the stands before we get into the game though, to break things down, I do have to ask you your thoughts 
on that Arkells intro? Uh, you know what? I, I, I've, I've heard mixed reviews about it. I just don't really understand why. Like, it just didn't really make sense to me, to be honest, at all. <laughs> uh, it's a, I, I understand, you know, they're, they're just really trying to – like, the Arkells are, are a big name in Canada, and I get that there's the whole, you know, relationship with the team and all those things. But, yeah, it just – there's certain ways to play those things, and – it seemed a little off and maybe, I don't know if maybe it didn't get the, maybe that's something that didn't get the crowd going the way they expected it to. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get right to it. Maple Leafs two, one win over the Montreal Canadians. What are a couple things that you liked about tonight? Well, uh, I liked that, you know, they didn't even get off to a great start, but they, uh, I felt like midway through that first period, they started taking over the game. Yeah. And, you know, they, there were some guys that, you know, needed to step up. And I feel like they did. They had, they, they had a presence. Um, but I think the most important thing was that, you know, they got into some penalty trouble and it didn't, it didn't harm them. And I think that's, that's crucial because we know how bad the penalty killing has been in the past or how it, it's not even been – I wouldn't even say average. It's been below average. So, I well, think that's, it was, that's a good sign. It was 24th in the league last year, which is significantly below average. That's in the bottom quarter of the NHL. Um, and PK was solid tonight. Four for four. They killed off a five-on-three. Justin Hall made a couple of key blocks, too. Um, that one on the five-on-three that preserved the lead and the eventual – like, that, that would have been a goal. Like, I, I don't remember who scored it or who shot the puck there, but Hall made a nice slide – um Campbell was completely out of position where you know that easily was a wide open cage and Hall made the sliding uh the sliding block there to, to keep it at a 2-1 lead and that eventually turned out to be the game winner uh the, the, the game finishing score so it's a good thing that he did uh but yeah the, the the penalty kill I thought looked really good tonight David Kampf I felt uh definitely added a bit of a a jolt to that PK um, Willie got some, some minutes on the, on the penalty kill too. They kind of filtered in a bunch of guys, which makes sense because, you know, Ilya McKay was supposed to be a big piece of this penalty kill and he's not going to be there for the next, you know, six to eight weeks. So now they got to try and figure out, okay, well, who could take his spot? And in the preseason, they had mentioned, you know, we would like to see what Willie could do there. Perhaps I thought Willie had a really good game all around. And I mean, the maturation of his overall game over the last little bit you know says maybe he can do that like we know who who would have thought that Marner was going to be a, a terrific penalty killer when he came into the league and look at him he is a pretty good pe- you know PK guy uh but yeah I thought the penalty kill also was was rather impressive tonight um let's get to our third stars of uh, three stars of the game though because I feel like we can pretty well talk about the guys who impressed us most within the three stars. Cause I felt like there was three guys specifically tonight on the Maple Leafs who really shined and really stood out to me. So let's start with your third star of the night. I'm going to give it to uh, William Nylander. You know, this is a guy that had a really good playoffs, even though the Leafs didn't win and he had the goal that, that won them the game. Like, you know, that's, that's what you expect. I, I think this is, I mean, Nylander is starting to really find his game more so, and he's maturing uh, as well. I mean, a great shot. He was a little fortunate to get open there with the line change, getting off the bench uh, when he did. But, you know, he kind of faked the shot, roofed it, 
what I mean, just just a great goal for sure. Yeah, I have William Nylander coming in as my third star as well. And, I mean, he probably could deserve second star. Um, but I feel like he's going to show up on this list quite a bit. Uh, he was credited with the game winner, obviously. And, and his possession metrics tonight were just off the charts. Led the team with a 75 Corsi 4 percentage. 85% expected goals for. He was on the ice for six high-danger chances. Not a single high danger chance against, and he only actually had 54% ozone start. So it's not like he was gifted with all this time starting in the offensive zone. Like he had to work his way along with his line into the ozone and, you know, him Kerfoot and bunting. I thought that they played well. They even had five D zone starts at five on five tonight, which to me kind of just shows the evolution in his game, the trust that he's gained from Sheldon Keefe to put him in those positions. Um, I'm sure having a guy like guys like bunting and Kerfoot alongside him, definitely help, uh, you know, give him some shelter there for, for Keefe. But, I mean, four takeaways today, like, they're just – the guy's a, a puck hound at this point. He was all night. I think he's in store for a big year. My bold prediction on the pod a couple of days ago, I also said on the Leafs lunch today, I think that he's going to score 40 this year. And, uh, well, he's off to a good start. Like, he was absolutely outstanding in night one. Uh, he scored a goal. He's on pace for 82. So, uh, so far, so good for that prediction. But no, Willie was a star tonight, absolutely. And he came up big, big, big for the Maple Leafs. Uh, second star of the game, I had Pierre Engvall. I don't know about you, but for me, Engvall was all over the place tonight. He was amazing, I thought. Um, you know, 15 minutes, 27 seconds. I didn't expect for him to play that much, to be quite honest with you. He was a guy who was on the bubble coming into tonight. Uh, coming into, you know, the end of training camp, he was injured to start. But then, you know, had a few goals in training camp. The McKayev injury probably helped his cause on making this team and making the opening night lineup. But he was all over the place. Scored the first goal for uh, for uh, Toronto. You know, kind of did it himself, really, on the power play. Opened up a little bit of space for him. And skated into the center ice and used a screening. Who was it? Uh, I think it was Nick Ritchie who was screening the goalie in front. And that kind of capped, uh, got the first goal for the Maple Leafs on the season. But three shots in total, 60% Corsi, four percentage. But the thing that I find wild about that, like to have that high of like a possession metric and that high of like a shot share was zero ozone starts. That's what I think is most impressive. The fact that he had zero ozone starts and still had that positive of a shot share when he was on the ice tonight, I think is just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, but him, Kasha and camp together to me were the most complete and the most dangerous line out on the ice all night long. I felt so too. You know, there weren't many times like when you're watching that game, he was just all over the place. Uh, you know, we, we already know how good of a skater he is. I want to sh- him to show a little more of a bite to his game where he's getting engaged physically because the, the thing is for him to have good possession numbers and he's not starting in the ozone, he's got to find a way to get the puck and he's got to find ways to generate offense as well. And I, I think we already know how much this team really wanted to push him into that position to be, you know, a good player, a, no, a consistent contributor. They've really been hard on him. You know, he was he, he lost his spot to Nick Robertson when they were in the bubble. 
he it, it just been it's been kind of tough for him to kind of get that consistent role. This is a good start. But we've seen flashes from him where he can score a couple of goals in a game and really get things going. Now we need to see it over a period, really develop chemistry on that line. I think that line with Andre Kasha was I think that played such a huge role because Kasha was even – he was impressive too. He, he probably could have scored a goal or two tonight as well. And I think that I think that's what they're looking for with that, that third line. They really wanted guys that are just going to be relentless, uh, not even just defensively, but just with the forecheck and really mm-hmm. force the issue. And I think you saw that tonight. Yeah, and I mean, like, those three had plenty of starts in the defensive zone. And what they were really good at was getting the puck, like, just getting the puck back for their team. Um, you know, they're really aggressive when they're in their own zone, forcing turnovers, and then getting the puck up the other way really quickly, breaking it out into the offensive end. And that's how the team ended – like, that's how that line ended up with such a high, you know, shot share. And, and you know, you take a look at the individual – statistics here on on uh, natural stat trick cash actually finished with the highest individual expected goals of all the maple Leafs in the game really at 0.72 goals um for a guy who had zero offensive zone starts that's actually crazy to think about like that means that they had to get the puck and then work their way up and create that offense on their own and like you said he could have scored a couple of goals tonight that third line was really dangerous and you know, the fact that it took, I think, uh, like, it wasn't a great night. I think Marner was a bit quiet. JT was was a little bit quiet. So it was good that, you know, another line stepped up. And I think that is an encouraging sign for the Maple Leafs that if if one of their big lines aren't going, whether that's the first or the second line, they they have more depth to try and create some offense, which is something that, somewhat was missing last season when those first couple lines went quiet, especially in the playoffs. They just didn't have another element to that offense, and that's what killed them. Whereas tonight, they had that third line of Kasha and Engvall and Camp, and it was that one goal that Pierre Engvall that turns out to be – it wasn't the game winner, but it turns out to be the difference in tonight's game. So I think that's actually like a really good sign. Granted, one game, tiny-ass sample size, but it's an encouraging sign to see. Yeah, I think that's the important thing is that, you know, you, you got to get off to the right start and just so that you have a base to work with. And, yeah, with, with Austin Matthews out, with Micaiah, though, we, we talked about that the Leafs forwards weren't really a concern going into the season because we, we felt like the team had the depth up front to get things done and to uh, roll out four lines or even three lines a little more consistently. And I think that – I think you saw that you saw a sample of that, and I think you know they can maybe even get better, and that that that's a positive sign right there. Uh, your first star of the night, sir. It's my favorite favorite person. Oh yeah, are you referring to the father of Buds the cat? Oh my god! Like when you think you couldn't like Jack Campbell as a person more, give him a cat. Give him a cat. <laughs> he's a cat dad he's a cat dad who throws his cat parties and puts little party hats on top yeah that was all for the cat that that performance was all for the cat for sure he's we should start calling him felix jack felix campbell oh man some people some people might have a real problem with that yeah probably 
I mean, when he when he has performances like that, he'll uh, he's gonna earn a, a good enough nickname for sure. Uh, Thirty-two save performance kept the team in the game through the first eight minutes. When I mean, ugh, Toronto was swimming, man. They were swimming. Outshot six to one. Uh, Campbell had to make a couple of really high grade saves on Montreal. Could have easily have been like three to one after one period of play, but luckily Jack. Seemingly, Jack and, and Pierre Engvall were the only two Maple Leafs in the first maybe 20, in the first 10 minutes of the game that decided to, to come out and play. And then it started to, you know, we really, really started to take over too at that point. And then the game started to settle in from there. But, I mean, he allowed that one goal. It was even off of a two-on-one that came off a, a, a turnover um, and everything else. He was right there. Like, he was sharp. Um didn't have to be as sharp like midway through the game, but came up with some more timely saves, I thought, late in the third to really preserve the lead. And at the end of the day, man, like opening night, this was uh, something he had to do to kind of check off of his checklist to keep you know, something to add to his resume, a, a starter for opening night. Now he's a winning goaltender on opening night and 32 saves. That's that's nothing to, to snuff at. And we know that Montreal is even a, a team that likes to get up in your kitchen and you know he he was pretty good tonight uh when it came to when it came to stopping the puck well that's for sure and and I think the important thing is you know we we saw if any of you that watched the Amazon series you know how much he took that game seven loss to heart how emotional he was and I think for that first goal to go in you're just like oh Montreal's doing what they did last time and I I think for him mentally the psyche to just you know push that aside and just just a stonewall like there weren't there weren't really many moments where I'm just like yeah I don't know if I can I could trust uh if I could trust Campbell to get the job done because he even at the start of the game he had to make some tough saves like I I think you know mentally I think he's just dialed in in a way that you know this team really needs him to be I know there's always that talk about how, who's going to be the first? Uh, who's going to be the guy that starts the first game of the playoffs? I said, ah, I said, let, let let the guys play on the ice dictate that. And right now, he's. I don't even think he's letting that get into his grill at all. Yeah, I I, I just see it's. I mean, I'm completely looking, you know, headline reading right now. But it looks like uh, TSN just kind of put out a uh, a video here done by Craig Button, and it's entitled like Jack is the guy. So he's sold after this game. Like, okay, he this his game from last season has carried over through the offseason and into game one of tonight. Like, that is a big deal. Tonight was a big one for him. And this whole season is like, this is a career-altering season for Jack Campbell. This is a contract year and the biggest contract year of his career because this is that he's at an age and at a point where it's really make or break of whether or not you're going to see starter money or are you going to keep receiving that, kind of you know backup slash 1b tandem type of money which one do you want jack because it's on you this year to prove that you can be the guy and you could be a a big piece even if you are a tandem with peter Mraz going forward who technically does have like what i think it was he signed a three-year deal right so he's here long term but it's going to set you up financially very well if you succeed and you keep playing the way that he played tonight. So uh, Jack Campbell, for me, definitely uh, the number one star, because if it wasn't for him, like I said, this thing was probably 3-1 in the first period, 
and then it's curtains from there. I, I, I that that that's what I think. I mean, it, he kept this team in it early, and then they, you know, the rest of the team finally got their legs under them, and then he just was steady Eddie the rest of the way and made some some pretty big saves even late in the third, and had to kill off that five on three. He had to come up big a couple of times. Obviously, I mentioned also. Uh, Justin Hall came up big, making a save himself. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, Jack Campbell, you stop 32 with 33 uh, shots on goal. Yeah, that'll that'll get your first star honors. And I think that's the important thing is people were concerned about how the defense was going to look. And I said, well, their goaltending can kind of supplant that a little bit and provide a little bit of support in that regard. You know, you're not going to have a perfect defense every year if your goaltending can stand to the task. And I, I think with this tandem, I mean, we'll see how Morazic does against the Sens. Um, but I think it's, it's good that you're going to have guys that can kind of split the deuce. You're not taxing someone if the defense isn't up to snuff. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll get to the Sens in just a moment. We'll kind of preview uh, tomorrow's game or, Tonight's game, odds are you are listening to this on uh, on Thursday morning, possibly on your commute to work. Hopefully it's going well. Hopefully the traffic isn't so bearing. Uh, as a guy who drives from Niagara Falls into Toronto every day, I'm well aware of how awful traffic can be. So uh, just know that I make that trek with you guys uh, each each and every day. But um, a couple more, a couple more things I do want to ask you about tonight. Since you know, you kind of you start to learn a little bit um, through one night, or you can sort of um, start to form opinions on people after seeing their first game, seeing them for the first time when it really counts, such as game one of the regular season as opposed to preseason play. Um, Michael Bunting and Nick Ritchie, uh, your thoughts on on their game tonight? I, I liked what Bunting brought in terms of a guy that's. I, like not it's kind of fearless you know you there was that one play where he was just right in uh oh yeah take Allen's grill like i we, the leafs desperately needed that um the greasy rat the greasy rat entered the chat i think i tweeted that out when he got into that little skirmish yeah. and yeah absolutely the leafs need that like that's he has an opportunity to kind of take zach hyman's energizer role his like heartbeat role and that's the that's the type of stuff that we need to see. That's the type of stuff that Toronto loves to see. And the fact that he he was getting he was getting in there, you know, Leafs Habs opening night, and he he knows how big of a deal this is. Like he's a Toronto kid, right? Scarborough born, grew up a Leafs fan. He knows what the battle between the Leafs and the Habs is, and getting physical and being a pest. I think is something that he really wanted to do tonight. And I thought he did it effectively. No, I, I totally agree. I think you, this is uh, something that I think the Leafs were looking from their guys that they brought in, you know, they got a lot of skilled players. They got guys that can produce and make plays. Yeah. Now, who are the guys that are going to give us that different element? Well, if you remember, like, did you watch the all or nothing series? Yes. I don't remember if we talked about this before or not, but um, so I watch it over the weekend to get me, get me set, get me in the right mindset for the season. But something that they consistently talked about was the lack of rebound goals that they had scored last year. And that's the type of stuff that Bunting and Richie bring to this team. Right. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they weren't flashy tonight because like their job is to somewhat sit in that front battle and kind of do the subtle things, right? Like they're not just going to be those flashy guys 
Like they already, they already exist on this team. Those roles go to William Nylander. They go to Marner. They go to Matthews. You know, neither made any notable errors defensively, which I think is a plus. And I didn't like find myself saying like, ah, yeah, these guys aren't it, which is something we said like last year about Jimmy VC, who was on the second line and kind of thrust it into a top six role. Um, so I, I believe that although they didn't stand out and like, I can't think of many, you know, flashy plays or anything where that makes me say like, Oh wow. Like bunting's awesome. Or, Oh, Richie's, he's going to have a great year. But the fact that they didn't, they also just like didn't look out of place, I think is a positive for what their role is on, on their lines. I also think, uh, on the on the angle goal, I'm pretty sure it was Richie that was yep, getting the screen and the screen. Like that, that's what you need. You you need guys that can do get into those areas. They're not like you're not going to expect the, these guys to put up as you said the 25 to 30 goals. Zach Hyman was doing that because he he figured out what his role was and how to be successful at it. Yeah, give them time to figure that out, and they're doing the right things. And I think if you're Sheldon Keith. Um, you're, you're, you're happy with the way that they were able to kind of supplant their role right off the hop. And like I said, like it's the little subtle things, uh, Jeff O'Neill after, uh, he did a hit on TSN on sports center. And he said, like, he showed a clip and there was a play. He was like, Nick Ritchie said, this didn't result in a goal, but it's the little things like this, which is going to make him a really good fit with players like Matthews and Marner. There was a rebound and it wasn't that Richie went after the rebound, but Richie tied up the defenseman, which allowed Marner to pounce on the rebound and get a good opportunity and a good shot off. Now it didn't result in a goal, but it did result in like a, a good high, uh, high percentage shot slot shot. Um, and it's like those little subtle things that you don't quite notice, but those are the type of stuff that I think Bunting and Richie know, like that's what they're there to do. They're not paid to score the goals. That's what Marner, that's what Nylander, that's what Tavares and Matthews are paid to do. They just need to make them look good. Like I think about, um, you didn't play high school football, did you? No, I wish I did though. So in high school football or in football in general, um, often like the job of like the defensive tackle on the offensive line isn't really to do anything except make sure that you keep your linebacker clean. Like your job is to make sure that the linebacker can make the plays that he needs to make. So you aren't the one making the plays. You're doing the dirty work. You're grabbing, you know, two guys at once so that they can't get up to your linebacker and you're allowing him to, you know, get all the girls, get all the money, sign all the autographs, make him look good. But you're the one doing the dirty work, doing the small, subtle things that people don't notice, but it is helpful to a team and helps those other guys succeed. And I think that's the type of stuff that Bunting and Richie um, can do for for this team. Uh, All right. I, I think we can, you know, somewhat turn the page on this game. Uh, and, and look forward to tomorrow night as they head out to Ottawa, the Sens, just awaiting them. So we'll take one more quick break, uh, and when we get back, uh, we're going to take a peek at tomorrow's game slash tonight's, depending on when you're listening to this, um, game between the Leafs and the Sens. Uh, stay tuned here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. 
All right, welcome back to Locked on Lease. Mike DiStefano with you, the host of this show. And just a reminder, we are a daily Maple Leafs podcast. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts from, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, wherever. Uh, get it. Just type in Locked on Leafs. You'll get it and make us your first listen of the day. Because if you are a massive Leafs fan, this is a daily Leafs pod and you'll get all the information and analysis that you need uh, straight from me. Uh, but joining me today to discuss is also Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet. Um, Dave, coming off of the win against the Montreal Canadiens, they're going into Ottawa now tomorrow with the Sens, just waiting for them. Waiting for right? It's a it's a road game, right? I believe I, I did see yep, that. Yep, they are on the road. Yeah, so, yeah. so they got to go up to Ottawa, which – you know, sometimes they actually go, like, they'll go tonight after the game. They do their media, they shower, and then they'll head up there. Or they could go early tomorrow morning. So we'll see what ends up happening. But either way, having to travel uh, after a night game um, with the Senators just waiting. It's going to be their season opener, their home opener. And Ottawa always gives the Leafs troubles for whatever reason, man. So, like, hopefully this team isn't going into the Canadian Tire Center tomorrow thinking that it'll be an easy two points like they've done time after time after time. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't get the sense. Like, I feel like this is a different year, and they, they know that this is a make-or-break season. And I think tomorrow they'll go in there and they'll kind of they'll, – they'll finish – What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, there's business. They'll take care of business. That's the phrase I was looking for. They'll go in there and they'll take care of business. Little BTO there. I think, uh, we, yeah, I think people will go into this and realize that. So, yeah. Zach, uh, time out. Live breaking news update. Zach Hyman has just scored his first goal as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, boy. I miss him already. I miss him already. I don't. I uh, I just caught it, and maybe he was either on the power play, or he's on a line right now with McDavid and Drysaitel. <laughs> I think it, I think it's a, it was a power play goal. So okay, he's just gonna he's just gonna clean up wherever uh, he gets those opportunities. Yeah, it was on the power play. Just saw that now. Um, so yeah, that was a quick update. Back to uh, Leafs in Ottawa tomorrow night. Your thoughts on how you think they'll show up? I think, you know, Ottawa, we already know what type of team Ottawa is. They're a team that's going to be very tough to play against. And I, I hate saying those things because we hear it all the damn time. But it's so true with this uh, Sens team. Like, they got some guys who can, you know, who, who are skilled. They can they can make life a little tough. And, and I, yes, teams are going to underestimate them because they don't believe that they're a great team. And – and they they can capitalize on that. So if I'm the Leafs, I'm gonna say this: if you, they if a bad start could go it, very wrong for the Leafs, I think we have seen even a great start for the Leafs turn bad against Ottawa. They have a three nothing lead. Or oh, a, remember uh, that five one lead last year? And you they lost in overtime. Things. You don't forget oh. those things. If Genny Dad enough, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I think if you're if you're Sheldon Keith. You're reminding these guys, hey, this is what they did to us at times last year. Yes, we made, they they did win some games against Ottawa, but they also lost their fair share of games against Ottawa last year that they should not have lost. And I think um, if you're if you're this Leafs team, the narrative has to go out the window 
in some regard where you just say, we're not going to lay it down easily against these guys. We're going to, we're going to act like how a, a, a top team in the league should against a team that's not at the top of the league. And I think that's what we're going to have to see uh, on, well, tonight. Yeah, that's kind of been a really big problem with Toronto, like over the last few years, like with this core really is they seem to play up to their opponents, but they also play down to their opponents. And I think that's a problem. Like that's part of the inconsistencies that this team has had over the last few seasons so if they can get off to a good start beat the teams that they need to pick up the points that they have to I like I think it's it's imperative this year more than than any other a there's so much pressure on them to succeed this season and b I think home ice is going to be huge if they end up uh in third or fourth place within this Atlantic division like that's that's going to be tough right a you won't have home ice b if you end up in fourth you got to take on Tampa assuming that they win the division. I guess anything could happen. Toronto could win the division for all we know. But um, at least getting home ice advantage would give them a little bit more of an upper hand. And to get those, to get home ice, those those benefits in the playoffs go to teams that pick up the points they need to, who beat the teams that they have to beat. And, you know, that'll, that'll start tomorrow night with a team that's not expected to make the playoffs. Are they going to be hard? Are they going to be competitive? Absolutely. Are they going to give the Maple Leafs a good run for their money? Sure they will. Um, but, again, no Brady Kachuk, which is a big loss at this point for Ottawa. They're still trying to lock him up to, to a contract. Um, so, you know, without Brady Kachuk, that even makes things, I don't want to say easier, but you know, Ottawa stands a little bit less of a chance uh, tomorrow against Toronto. And I just hope that that doesn't go to the Maple Leafs head and they, you know, don't overlook this Ottawa, this spunky Ottawa team that really plays hard for coach DJ Smith. We saw that a lot last year where they were stealing points off of teams in the Canadian division. And I think they got some young guys that can really, I, I don't think people are really like keeping an eye on Like, Yeah. Everyone's eyes are going to be on like a Tim Stutzla, you know, Thomas Shabbat, and, you know, but there's guys like Josh Norris, Drake Batherson. Like they've got guys that are. Shane Pinto, I th- Shane Pinto, rookie. I, you know, he's got an opportunity to potentially be a, a Calder candidate this season. Yeah, he's another player that I think could make some, some noise in Ottawa this year. So what, what is it with when you have so many young guys like this? They're going to be a hungry team. They're 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 waiting for this game. Like yep. we, we just talked about this, you know. They're they're waiting for the Leafs, so they're gonna have a jump to their step. And if and we saw the Leafs came out very sleepy, like against the Cavs, and that's that's very problematic when you go up against a young team. That look already a lot of people are like ah, you know, Kachuk. When's he gonna sign? That's a distraction that they don't want. But the players are gonna have to are gonna be eager to show that it's not gonna be a distraction for them. And, you know, they probably have playoff aspirations while the rest of the league probably doesn't think they do. And as for the Maple Leafs, as for the lineup tomorrow night, I assume everything's going to remain the same. Um, Maybe they toss in Lilligren for Dermott. I I don't know. We'll have to see it as a back-to-back. It may make some sense for them to do that. I know they were giving Lilligren a, a good run here uh in the later stages of preseason even as late as like the final game the final few days when they were up in Gravenhurst he was skating alongside Sandine on that third pair and Dermot was was the the extra extra pair out there um so maybe we could see that swap come into play 
but we do know that uh, Jack Campbell will get the night off, and it'll be our first glimpse of Peter Morazic in real game action. I liked what I saw out of him not only last year in Carolina, but also in the few preseason games that he played this season as well. So uh, excited to, to get a peek see at him. Let's quickly take a look before we wrap things up what, uh, what Vegas is seeing. Uh, so just taking a look at the betting odds over at betonline.ag, proud sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Lease Podcast. Uh, take a look at the money line, the Maple Leafs, as expected, are favored uh, to win on the money line. That's minus 165 cents, plus 149 to win it. Uh, the Leafs, if you think they're going to win by two, which might, I mean, that's that's a good bet. I mean, Toronto could win by two. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, right? And, and so if you bet the puck line minus one and a half point, minus one and a half goals at plus 145, again, plus money on that, that ain't a bad bet. I will have to say, even I'm, I'm not sure if Matt Murray's going to be playing tomorrow night. Um, I know that he's somewhat coming off of an injury himself, but the over-under set at six and a half goals. Uh, six and a half goals, kind of a lot for an over-under uh, by Vegas' standards. Are you expecting a little bit of fireworks tomorrow night? Um, I mean, I just remember back from the last Leafs, the preseason game against Ottawa, and Leafs won that one 4-1. I think actually the Leafs could have probably done better. Um, I, I think, yeah, the, this game reeks of, uh, you know, defensive lapses. You know, this is Mrazic's first game. So it's either Mrazic has a very solid game or well, he has a shaky game. That's what that's I think what it comes down to. It's classic. It's night two of a back-to-back, right? And, and you know, <laughs> Remember back in the Babcock days, back when Hutchinson got night two the back-to-back every single time, and it got to a point where when he was losing every game, it's like, well, yeah, it's not fair. He he has to go up against oftentimes better opponents, and he's got a way more tired group in front of him. And that was always an argument that we were making. And here's Peter Morazic, his first start in a Maple Leafs uniform in the regular season, games that matter is going to be on night two of a back-to-back with a bit of a tired group in front of them. So, uh, you know, that narrative is certainly going to be alive and well tomorrow. As uh, tomorrow, uh, you, can, you can book that one. Uh, so those are the betting numbers. Um, you give me a prediction here, Dave, before I let you go. Ooh, um, you know what? I'm going to go with Leafs 5-3. So you're on the over. Yeah, I'm on the over. So you're on the over there. I'm going to go and say the Leafs also can hit the over, get the win. I'm going to go 5-2. I think – I just – yeah, I think the Maple Leafs uh, will, will give a little bit of a better effort tomorrow. They're still – tomorrow is not going to be the issue for me Saturday and Monday might be the issues because it's like four games and six nights and it could be you know get dicey playing a lot of hockey and not a lot of time early in the season but I think there'll still be fresh legs for tomorrow night Um, they're head over heels the better team than Ottawa Um, I think you know there were some players tonight like Marner and Tavares who didn't necessarily stand out, had a bit quiet of a night where they're going to want to uh, come and have a better effort. Uh, and let me just quickly take a look at – where's my phone? Let me take a look at the ice time for tonight. Like, I, I feel like – was it spread out pretty well? Like, I obviously, 
Um, played, you know what? Nylander played 18 minutes, which to some might not seem like like a lot, but if you if you ever watched, I I carefully have watched Nylander's ice time over the year, like the years, and that's a, that's quite a bit for Nylander. Yeah, he typically plays what like 16 ish minutes a night. Yeah, I would say like you cap it at 17. Yeah, so him getting 18. Um, but what I want to look at is how much ice time that top unit got. So like Mitch Marner and John Tavares, and they're hovering around 19, which is less than usually what the top line gets is around 22. So they said they wanted to do. They didn't want to tax them too much. Well, especially on night one of a back-to-back. Early in the season at that, right? So you make sure that you don't run your guys too, too much. Even even on the defensive side, like Morgan Riley, we've seen nights where he gets up to 24, 25, 26 minutes a night. uh, Played 22 minutes, 40 seconds, which – yeah, it might be a little bit high, but you know, Morgan Riley played in all situations, even had some, you know, some penalty killing time. Obviously, he's out there on the power play as well. So he's expected to be racking up minutes. Uh, but like Brody, Muzzin, Hall, all about 20 minutes themselves. Dermot, uh, Dermot and Sandine playing 15 and 16 minutes respectively. So yeah, they spread out the ice time tonight, which I think means that they should have some fresh legs for tomorrow night's game as well, which is uh, which is a good thing considering that, you know, Ottawa's just sitting there, you know, chomping at the bit, getting ready for their season opener uh, at home, packed building. They're going to have a pat. Well, well, I guess it may not be packed, but that's for different reasons. <laughs> but they'll have fans in the stands uh, for the first time uh, since, since, you know, March of 2020. So, um, you know, they're definitely going to have uh, – they're going to be – uh, energized and ready to go uh, tomorrow as well. But I think 5-2 Leafs, I think Kashe finally nets one after having a few good chances tonight. Uh, that That's my prediction for tomorrow's game. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on These podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter, at make underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. And follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti. Uh, I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll recap the game against the Senators. Might reach out to the boys over at Locked On Sense and see if we might do a crossover pod uh, if they're up for it. But regardless, I will be back with another app to, uh, to recap the game. Uh, but until then, actually, firstly, Dave, I will thank you once again for joining me here today. Really appreciate it. Always happy to do it. We'll definitely get you back on real, real soon. Love to sit there and chat hockey with you. Uh, But I am going to sign off for the night. It is getting extremely late. I want to go to bed. Uh, (laughs) We got a big day tomorrow. Leafs and Sens back at it tomorrow for game two of the Maple Leaf season. Uh, Puck drop going to be at 7 o'clock, I do believe. It could also be at 7.30, but I'm going to quickly check it for you. It is at 7 o'clock in Toronto, uh, and you're going to be able to watch it on TSN 4, TSN 5, and I believe it is a Sportsnet radio game. Uh, So listen to it on Sportsnet radio, on the fan, but also watch on TSN 4 and 5. So that is that. I am going to take off for the night, Dave. Thank you so much. I'll chat with all y'all tomorrow, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.